Hey everyone! Now that my whole episode is recorded and I'm ready to upload, I realize that I need to circle back and give a little introduction to where this episode goes. Yes, I did find a way to reference Marvin Gaye's You're the Man in the conversation, but it took about an hour to get there. So I want to, before you even would start listening, just give you a heads up. This episode is not about Marvin Gaye music much at all. I do dive into specifics of his song, You're the Man, once about an hour into my discussion. But prior to that time, it's covering some heavier topics. It's covering living life day to day, especially on June 13th, 2020. Continuing from all of the topics that were covered in the previous episode dated May 30th. So not knowing where you are and your ability to continue having to receive information on all of these topics that are overtaking the world right now. Just letting you know, this is not a light, fluffy episode and we're not much talking about Marvin Gaye music. I also want to make sure that I plainly disassociate myself from Marvin Gaye in this introduction to this episode. These are my views. This is me discussing my take on things. And that might not necessarily be the way that Marvin would have viewed something. And so at this point, I don't want my message to have to be connected to Marvin Gaye in that way. Um, in case it might not have even been something that he would agree with my take on things. So just letting you know, that is what this episode is about to cover. It takes about an hour. I do make reference to Marvin Gaye's You're the Man. If you would want to skip that far ahead, there is some good guidance on how Marvin's song does really, really relate to the political environment that we are living in in 2020 and some very important responsibilities that any of us of age have in this year's coming up elections. So if you want to skip ahead to about an hour into this episode to get that relevance to Marvin Gaye, just giving you a heads up that that's what you would need to do. Um, otherwise, I'm just letting you know, this episode is my take on things. Thank you. Welcome, friends, to the Enduring Gifts of Marvin Gaye podcast. Brought to you by your 26-year listening veteran, Jessica. Join me as we celebrate these enduring gifts, the songs of Marvin Gaye. In each episode, I will share insights about the music and recount life experiences tied to it. I'm hoping to inspire you to take a first or your 500 first listen to these songs that are truly the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. Hi, everyone. Um, this is just going to be a quick kind of, it's not, a, I don't think I'll, have this be a full episode, but just kind of a quick follow up to um, some of the topics touched on in my last episode. Um, I'm seeing that that episode is one of the fastest listened to 
um, in my series as well. And in this culture and in this day and age, this cancel culture that exists in this day and age, sometimes when I see things grow like that quickly, it's like, oh, why is it getting that attention? Is it because people are wanting to cancel me right now for things that I said? <laughs> or is it that things resonated? And where I come from, things that I say, just who I am as a person, and I've explained this to you guys many times throughout this series, is I rep for what I say. So they definitely would not release something when I have the ability to edit it if I didn't, with my full chest, say it. So everything that I said in the previous episode, I stand by. I meant I said it. But there are a couple of... Um, areas of things that I touched on in that conversation that I would like to clarify. One of the kind of main things, because I've listened to my episode a couple times myself too, um, where I kind of got off on just sharing my view of the world, right? And how I go, I'm, it's pretty extreme, I guess, if you would, um, it's not very positive, right? And I realize though, and this is maybe something that extra needs to be shared as long as I bother to share that view. I realize that I am in a kind of very, if you will, kind of like a specialized position to be able to have my view of the world such as it is. I have no children. When I leave this planet, I'm not leaving behind a generation that I need to be just so distraught about the shape of the world for what I'm leaving behind. I'm not leaving anything behind. So that is what allows my view to be a little bit more blunt, right? I, I'm not concerned about children of my own that I would be leaving behind should something happen to me, you know, like when my time comes, if my time came before my children and stuff like that, like that's just not my reality. So that is what can lend to me having the view that I do. I'm not trying to put that on anybody that does have children and oh my gosh, yeah, you do have a responsibility to really be concerned about trying to make this world something that is livable for your future generations. I get that. So I'm not at all. I think, and I think I've tried to paint this picture of who I am too. Like I just, cause I'm not a debater. Like I don't give a fuck to, um, try and pound my views over somebody's head and like, Oh, you have to believe what I believe. Like, I don't know. I believe what I believe and I have to sift through why do I believe what I believe and I have to be good with what I do believe. Like I have to know why I believe what I believe, but that's the extent of my responsibility. I'm not trying to make somebody else feel that my way is the only way to view things. Um, let's see. Oh, and I did, I just factually stated something incorrectly that doesn't sit well with me. I use the, I'm noticing throughout these episodes, the planet a lot. Like I refer to the planet a lot, right? And um, one of the things that I stated was just that, you know, the uh, experience of, of my black ancestors on this planet since its existence. And that was inaccurate because that paints a picture as if we've been victims our entire existence on this planet. And that is absolutely not correct. And I'm fully aware of that. We are from kings and queens 
you know, in Africa. The thing of that is, though, it's like, why is that? Uh, well, no, no, not why. That's an ignorant question to ask. But it is something that you are going to have to educate yourself on um, to have a knowledge of that, right? Like, that's not what was taught in history class, right? So to have an in-depth knowledge of that is something that you're going to take upon yourself and you're going to have to research and find. Um, and I will admit, I haven't done much of that at all. But of course, I know that like, we come from kings and queens, right? And so yeah, our whole entire existence on this planet, the history of the planet has not been what it consists of accurately what I should have said, the history of this country, right? Not the planet, but this country of America is what the experience has been. Um, in line with that, just, it was yesterday, late last night, I came across, of course, on YouTube, this video, and it was actually um, camera footage, so film footage, of who they were saying they believed to be the last living former slave, woman slave um, in America. And it was in like 1936. And at that time, I believe she was 90, in her 90s. Um, but she was able, so think about this, though. This is, this is the context of, it really put something into context for me. I love old movies. 1936 isn't the oldest movie that I'd be, you know, wanting to sit down and watch. I'd love a movie from 1936, right? That's not that far back in time, honestly. I'm, I'm like focusing my attention on that time frame a lot, you know, for entertainment. If I want to sit down and watch a movie, I'm watching a black and white movie. That's what I'm geared towards. So to put that into that perspective, 1936 is not like way, way, way far back in Hollywood history, right? Like you can watch a lot of movies that you'd be able to follow along and you would get the storyline and it's not going to be like some ancient type of stuff from 1936. But put this in context, in 1936, they were talking to a woman who was in her 90s, but she was a former slave. And her experience that she was able to share with whoever was interviewing her was of coming over to America on a slave ship. In 1936, in this country, she was here and she was speaking, but her life consisted of, in her lifetime, in her life, her history, her personal history was coming to this country on a slave ship. She was explaining that... It, of, she couldn't have known. She wasn't able to have a calendar in front of her and crossing off the days, but she said it felt like it took a year for her to come from her country, the Benin, Africa. And I don't know if that's a country or a city. I'm, that's how I just, I, I don't know more about Africa. Just a quick little thing on that too, like how little education has ever been received. Um, on Africa, the only time that I did learn all of the countries of Africa was in French class in probably like 11th grade. We had a French teacher. He was from France and he would always talk shit to us as American students about like how much we don't know about the world. And so one of the things that he made us have to learn because French is one of the primary languages spoken in most African countries. 
And so, of course, he knew all of the African, like, he knew about Africa. We didn't. But he was like, you little motherfuckers, that's kind of how he was looking at us. You're going to learn what the capital of every African country is. So we had to, I remember that was an assignment, but that's not, it was a one-time exposure in 12 years of education, right? That was my exposure to kind of anything learning about Africa. Um, so I apologize when I say I don't know if that's a country or a city. Gosh, you know, but that's where this lady had been stolen from. She was saying she was kidnapped from there and she was still speaking in her African language. Um, but in her lifetime, her history, 1936, she, she's able to be filmed, right? I, I was looking at her. She looks like any dark skinned black woman that you would see still till today and older your grandma, right? Um, but she was from Africa and she had been a slave and she had been on a slave ship to get over here. And she was explaining how she was praying that she would have died for how horrific that experience was on that slave ship before that she even got here. She said it felt like it took a year to get here in that experience, just that experience, the slave ship experience. And, you know, how when she got here, she had to eat grass before, you know, as she was waiting to be auctioned off, um, forced to be married as a child and uh, had one daughter and a whole bunch of great grandchildren that were in her family right then at that time in 1936. But that is just to explain that the context of, of this history, that is the reality, the remnant reality that we see these days in 2020 um, for African-American people in this country is not thousands of years back, people. It's still a remnant. You still, it still touches. It still flows through. And I was thinking of this today in the shower. I just, this occurred to me because it's, you know, seeing that woman speaking, being videotaped, just black and white footage. I'm very accustomed to look. I'm very comfortable looking at black and white footage of things. Watch a whole movie in that. Prefer a movie in black and white, right? So seeing this woman in 1936, that is not that far back, people. But my grandpa was born in my I'm 41. And my grandfather was born in 1916. Okay. 1936 is not that far back people. And sh this woman in her lifetime had been a slave in, and was still alive in 1936. So the struggles that go on with certain of white people in this country to get it, to empathize for sure. And I, I'm, here's something I'm going to be blunt and I'm going to be blatant, but it's something that I heard from one of these YouTube channels that I'm subscribed to. I've touted this YouTube channel to you guys before. I've explained, I love it. They're so real. Drop the fuck bomb, every other word. Just keep it really real. But I was watching one of their episodes one time and this girl, and they are, so there's some sisters. They're like some sisters for real. They are not in a predominantly white area. Let me put it like that, right? So they are not like 24-7, mostly surrounded by nothing but white people. They do have to encounter white people, you know, all the time, but they're not, it's not like they don't live in a white town, right? So 
this girl, I don't know, they were just, there was something had been going on in current events. That's what their little show is. They'll cover current events. And somehow this girl, and she just said it, and I was like, wow. She said it, and it was possibly offensive, but it wasn't. It's it's a fact. She was just talking about, like, brutality towards people is white people's culture, dude. And when you think about it, like, brutality towards black people, that is white people's culture in the United States of America. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to put this blanket white people um, labeling out there because as I have said, you know, I can see that this is a worldwide audience and I can guarantee you that many of the countries around the world, if you are a white person in another country around the world listening to this, you don't relate to that being your culture. And you would take some offense because you are a white person and having a label like that just shrouded over you blanketly where it's like, wait a minute, I that's not a fucking part of my culture it has never been right. But it's like, when you just think about the struggle that goes on to this day with certain white people to get this shit. It's like, look at what their fucking culture is. Only as far back as 1936, this supposedly to be identified as the last known. Let's put it like that, because that's exactly how they were saying. That's not to say she was, but they were saying she is the last known still living slave, former slave. She wasn't a slave at that point, but she was a former slave, right? Their culture with us has been that we were their fucking slaves, dude. And then one of the things, okay, here's something else that recently, and I, I've just been taking in so much information and I would just kind of advise to like, I'm going to talk on that a little bit. Um, but I, and so because I've been taking in so much information lately, I cannot at all for the life of me remember who was saying this, but it was in regard to when Martin Luther King Jr. got assassinated and, um, white media, of course, covering that at the time. And just a couple of comments that were made where it was like, are you fucking kidding me? But of course, no, you're not. Of course, you're not kidding me because of course, this is the way you see this thing. And I'm going to shout him out because another thing I was watching today was being narrated by him and it was completely fucked up. Dan Rather, he's one of the people covering the day that Martin Luther King Jr. got shot. And so all of that, right, just the rawness of all of that and the day that it's happening. And he has the nerve to get up and say, black people, can you just have a little bit of sympathy for us white people? Because we don't really even know, like, how to deal with it. We don't know, like, how. Can you have sympathy for us? Because we don't know how to. <laughs> and it's just like, really? This is what I went back to in my previous episode, people, where it's like, the experience is emotional and raw enough for us. Uh, Dan, rather, I do not have time right now, okay, to give a fuck about needing to have some sympathy on you because you don't fucking know how to <laughs> get all of your life but you are absolutely not joking right now when you just said that too. Okay. So this thing that I was watching today, another video just popped up, of course, on YouTube, you watch one, they're going to think, oh, okay. So then another video just popped up and it was interviewing additional former slaves, right? It wasn't as far um, into being filmed. They were showing like still pictures and uh, they had just re audio recorded their conversations. So they were talking to several people that had been slaves in their lifetime 
and now it was slavery was not still going on in this country. Um, and so one of the things though that they were talking about kind of repeatedly was the experience. And this goes back to what I'm saying about white people's struggle. It was just that slavery just ended. And so they were talking to these former slaves and how they found out that they were free. And multiple times, the language that these people that had been slaves were using is that we were just turned out. It's just like all of a sudden, just one day we were just turned out. And they they referenced this two times, like you do with cattle, you know, like how you just turn out your cattle and just set them out into the field. Like that's what happened with us all when we became free. We were just turned out, but they weren't like, it wasn't this immediate, oh, you're equipped now, right? And exact same thing on the other side for white people. It's just like, oh, all of a sudden now these people can't be your slaves anymore. One in this video that I was watching, one of the men that was explaining about what it had been like to be a slave was just explaining how they, the auctions And he's like, yeah, we were just auctioned off like pigs and cattle. You know, that's all going on in the same auction. They're auctioning off cattle. They're auctioning off pigs. And you can also get yourself a slave. So that is what white people's experience with black people was. We were their property. And so here goes Dan Rather, though, because he was the person narrating all of this stuff. And I'm paraphrasing. So this I am not word for word quoting, but this is definitely the gist. And some of it will be, I know words that he did use. And then he was just like, you know, but so the difficulty and kind of the negative part of being free all of a sudden is that these former slaves weren't afforded the same protections as property anymore. There at least were some protections that had been afforded to them as property that now they weren't able to receive anymore. So some white people, you know, are all of a sudden, the only thing that changed was slaves were free, set out like cattle. White people cited things. They can't be your slaves anymore, but they've been your slaves. And how are you equipped to have a different view? What has changed? Nothing has changed, but the, the titling of something, right? It's like, they cannot be labeled as slaves anymore, but what prepared you for that? What adjusted your mindset on that? Absolutely nothing. It just was something you got your ass kicked and now that doesn't get to happen anymore. But why? Because you, you understand that? Because all of a sudden you were capable of doing that in the first place, but now you understand why you shouldn't have. No, absolutely not people. And that is the basis of how the remnants of this shit are shown. Today is fuck. What is today? You know what I'm saying? Um, hold on. Can I see what today is? So just for that, just for trying to look for the date, I, totally kicked myself out of the program. Today's June 13th, right? And so I'm at home looking through YouTube and I keep seeing little thumbnails for some stuff and I'm like, what? And I'm looking and it's like, okay, so what? Same time frame, right? This is two weeks 
since my last episode. And there is another experience. And honestly, what has just been another and another and another experience to see, which is, um, I know that I had pointed this out. I said I was going to clarify it. And so I will right here. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to just stay up on the news um, since my last episode, let's say. Definitely, I have been during this year anyway, just because there's a lot of information it'd be prudent to have about just what's going on in the world right now, right? So, but definitely since we lost our man, um, they've just been needing to keep everybody posted on a whole bunch of stuff on the news. And so one of the nights this week I was watching... And they just say, okay, so, you know, now some new video footage has been obtained from a year ago, but they don't say a year ago, right? They don't say a year ago, but here's some new video footage that's been obtained and just, you know, a warning. It's very disturbing to see. And then they're going to show you. And that's another person getting killed. And I changed as soon. I at least appreciate that they gave me that heads up because I just realized that right now, and this is really the truth. These situations don't get justice brought to them through the media. And that's the thing to not lose sight of. Um, These cases, if you will, cannot be tried in the media. That's not what gets you justice on it, though. That's the roadblocks to justice being carried out sometimes. That is how the world can protest, but when it boils down to the definition of justice, right, like the formal definition of justice being able to be um, carried out in regard to these situations, it involves a jury of peers and it, it involves where we get into that institution in regard to these topics in this country and It goes back to what I was explaining to you of my view of the world in the previous episode. So once again, I'm going to just clarify, that's not me trying to put a doom and gloom only uh, prospective view on things to you. I'm not trying, when I say my thought on it, I'm not trying to say that needs to be your thought on it. You know, maybe you have been somebody who's been out here doing your protest thing. Um, because that's you you can't see things and not do that um what i'm just saying is that you know when it comes to the formal definition of justice though the unfortunate thing can be that something can be as blatant as it is and as videotaped as it is and as documented as it is and it lasted as long as it did and it was as blatant as it was um, and la da 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 da. But when it gets to the official institution where the justice, formal definition of justice can happen on it, um, that is how people can be acquitted. And then people can be found not guilty. And then what? You know what I mean? So, Getting through this life, people, that's all that I'm talking about. And I I do realize, again, like I'm coming from my own specialized set of circumstances. I don't have children. 
right? I'm not leaving behind when my time comes, my own direct descendants, people that I put on this planet to have to contend with my view of, oh, this world is a fucked up place to be. And, you know, good luck, kids. You know, I, good gosh, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Okay. So there's no way in fuck that I could have my attitude and view of things if I had kids, right? Because I just couldn't feel this hands washed of things. Um, and that's the place that I've gotten to is just really for my own getting through life. Um, it's, and so that sounds really blatant too, but it is also really, it's just, I was talking to my dad. Okay. So finally had a conversation with my dad about everything and he just was saying he's very hopeful that in our lifetime, like before he passes away from this planet, that he's going to see some real change. And right. Okay. So then just my direct response to that. And I couldn't even help it. It's just, it's the way that it's my view on it. And it's just like, but you know what? Um, my grandparents, his parents, um, didn't get to see it happen in their lifetime. And, um, you know, I just, I, I would not be surprised if in yours and my lifetime, we also don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not saying that I don't hope it, of course, right? But there's just so much that things really boil down to as for why they are the way that they are. You know, it, it actually does boil down to some really principle basic fundamental concepts and principles and things that are not right in this planet for the history of this planet. Now that is accurate for me to say for the reason why certain facets of the planet today and as the planet has been in the facet of that topic, you know what I mean? I am not going to allow that to take away an ability to enjoy what just happened this afternoon for me. I had the window wide open because it's hot as hell, but just all of a sudden the, the noise changed and I looked out through my screen, but I could see rain was falling and it was just this beautiful sound and it was rain was falling. I can't allow this world, which is fucked people. And I'm sorry, that's my view of it to take away my ability to enjoy the sound of the rain and then the smell of that that happened after. You know what I mean? That's where I just, that's where I personally say hands washed. But I want to share something that I did do one time um, where, because I was just thinking of this today. It was like, you know what? I got to point out something that I have tried to do, you know, that I, I did educate one time. And I know that I got deep up into the heads of these uh, peers of mine. Okay, so and I've explained this to you. I'm half black, half Mexican. Guess what I am? I'm black. Okay, so don't get that twisted. What I know about Mexican, like from the experience with my Mexican family that I have had, is how to cuss in Spanish. Okay, I am not 
the Latina that is in me is what is in eight in me because like, that's just, I am also half Mexican. So there's going to be some things about my personality that come through that though I was not raised by my mother and I was not raised up by my Mexican relatives. I was not surrounded by my Mexican relatives growing up. There's just certain things about me that are innately Latina anyway. Okay. So there's that, but who I am, please don't get it twisted. You got to drop you're black. And especially in this country, you're black and you'd be best to just understand that shit. So I'm black. Okay. Um, and trust me, all of my childhood, it was made clear to me that I don't have a drop. I'm half, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't trying to escape by like, oh, I got a drop. No, I'm half. I'm black. And these little children that I grew up with made me understand in their view that I was an N-I-G-G-E-R. Okay. Not an N-I-G-G-A. I can guarantee you that throughout my childhood and my experience of growing up, the N-I-G-G-A was never even a term. It didn't exist yet. That wasn't. And I will explain to you, I feel like I was in college before a professor was explaining like the empowerment of that N-I-G-G-A term, because some people still have a problem with that too. But the fact that it's not the same spelling of the word, doesn't sound the same when you say it, but it is. And I pointed this out in my highest listened to episode, the I want to episode where I said, I though, if you can't say it, I'm not up on my platform saying that without beeping it out. Do I say it? Yes. And that's when you fucking hear the beep in my episodes. Okay. But why I can say it is that what our culture did is they took the most derogatory term. And we took it and we put some empowerment in that shit and we changed the spelling of it and we changed the pronunciation of it. And it's a term of endearment. If you choose to use it that way, you can be using it as a term of derogatory too. But really where it came from and why it was created is for a term of empowerment. Okay. It's taking the most negative descriptor that society puts on you and just tries to cap you under and says, ah, no, I'm actually using it to say my. And so, yes, I say it. Um, but when I was growing up, there was no protection or empowerment around that word being thrown out because it was that word was not being thrown out. The ER version of it was being thrown out. Um, the reason why in the previous episode that I threw out the little story about an English class, how the teacher wanted us to read aloud and the story that we were reading involved a character that was a black woman slave. And one of the clueless children in this classroom across the classroom. So hollered out in the classroom for everybody to hear. There's the slave. The reason why I fucking pointed that little story out, but the part of the story that I forgot to tell, but this is the fucking point of the story is that the teacher received that little communication from that clueless little student. And the teacher laughs and says, "Uh yeah, you're right. Okay. That was the point of the story. I knew that that was my experience with that story. That's the reason why the fuck I said that. But I just forgot to explain that to you. I forgot to include that to you guys. Um, in seventh grade, 
in math class. This was a class again. I had, you know, my, my education was split between time in advanced classes and just, you know, you got to take your general, everybody got to take the same class classes. So in this particular math class, this was before they had pushed me into all these advanced math classes. Um, this was probably like my last year sitting in the same little class with all these little students. And, but they knew I was good at the math, right? These kids knew I was good at the math. So we were in class, teachers sitting in the fucking room, up at the front of the room, class full of kids. And, but he had told us, do your assignment right now, do it in silence. And so we were all sitting there. It was quiet. You know, we were obeying and we're doing our math. And these two little, and I'm going to, you know what? I ain't going to exclude anybody. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> in all actuality in my childhood, the most racist experiences that I had, like the most blatant receiving racism from peers came to me from my Mexican peers. Uh, the most racist experiences that I have in, encountered were coming to me from my, they didn't give a fuck. They were really the ones that did not give a fuck that I'm half Mexican, okay? So that's what I'm telling you. Please don't think that I know that I identify as anything other than a black woman, okay? I have always had it broken down to me that the only way that I will be accepted is as a black woman. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you're black, okay? So, and, but it wasn't, that's fine. Why? What's wrong with that? But you know what? I wasn't black, it was, we were sitting in this class. The teacher is sitting right the fuck right there and to my right and, but across the room. So they got to holler so that it can be heard. They're like, Hey, N-I-G-G-E-R. What's the answer to this question? Teacher sitting right there says nothing. Doesn't tell those motherfuckers to shut the fuck up because he just told the class to do this work in silence. And there's no fucking way possible that he didn't hear them just address me as that. But he didn't say shit. So I'm black and I have always uh, been made aware that I will only be viewed as black. Okay. And as an N-I-G-G-E-R to most of the people that I had been surrounded by uh, through coming up. So we get to learning about slavery for probably about, oh, the fifth or sixth time in a history class, right, in 10th grade. And we're in this textbook and, of course, write a textbook. And we're getting to the, we're on slavery now. We're in American history because it's an American history class. And we're on slavery. We're into the little chapters that's going to cover slavery. And this fucking textbook had the nerve to put this twist, this spin, this little statistic on slavery. And it was like, though slavery did take place in the United States, only about a certain number. And it was a small number. They wanted to point out that in relativity to things, I think they were maybe trying to point out to the population of the United States, only this many people were actually slave owners. Okay. So yeah, it happened, but only this many people were slave owners. So don't, you know, and these little children that I was around, these little white children and Mexican children, 
we're absorbing that and we need to turn the page now. And okay, so it was only to that extent, right? Like, let's, let's put this into a little teeny tiny nutshell. And it was just only a little thing. And let's turn the page now. And that did not sit well with me. I could not, I couldn't turn the page and leave that little nugget of information that had been given as the only little nugget of information that would be given to these motherfuckers. I say motherfuckers, who was ever my friend? I never had a friend in school, people. I was an N-I-G-G-E-R to these motherfuckers. It was, they're motherfuckers. So these motherfuckers, though, were not going to leave that particular class without getting another little dose of a nugget of information. So this teacher, and I did point him out to you in an episode before the teacher was cool. Uh, there was a point in time that we were talking about the South more in the Jim Crow time frame. We were just having a class. He was talking about that and how much these children were not paying attention is the reason why this teacher and I kind of had a moment. Um, he had been telling us about Jim Crow times, 1950s in the South. And then he was telling us something about like an assignment that was coming up and these kids, right? And he's talking to them. He's having the class, but the bell's getting ready to ring pretty soon. And so he's telling them about an assignment that's coming up. And he was like, yeah, you guys, it'll be due on May 33rd. And everybody was just like, oh, okay. So when he said that, though, I immediately look up at him like, like, what? Right? And all these other kids, literally everybody else in the class, they're packing up and they're just like, oh, okay. And he said something else ridiculous. And some of them caught that other part that he said. And he was like, oh, but that's the only part of what I just said that was confusing to you right now. And they didn't even get that he was asking them that question. So after the class, he just looked at me. Oh, you know what he had said too, is just that, um, unfortunately, like to this day, there are some parts of the South that are probably in no better shape than some other third world countries. Like that was his comment. He just threw that out. Um, and I had kind of just agreed with him, you know, maybe shook my head a little bit, like knowingly, like, yep. And as the class was, the bell rang and the class was leaving, he was just like, he pointed out to me, he's just like, you know what? He's like, I really appreciate that you pay attention in this class. And he's like, I also noticed that, you know, when I made that comment about the South, that you seemed to have some experience with that. And I was just like, yeah, um, you know, black, right? Another part of, and actually when the teacher was asking me, like, why did it seem like I could relate to his statement about the South? I knew exactly why it was that I could relate because it was, but I didn't need to tell him this. And this is what I'm talking about, the remnants people. And if you're black in this country and you're my age, you have remnants still and you take it personally. And I'm going to explain what my remnant that I take personally is. Um, my dad, black man, dark black man. Okay. Black. There's no way you look at my dad and you don't know that he's black. Um, was telling me of a time when he was about eight years old, the family had taken a trip down South 
to see relatives, but like South, South, like Alabama or Mississippi, one of the two, I forget, but what's the difference, right? I'm sorry. What is? So, um, he was sent out to go through the town to go meet up with the men that in the family that would be getting off of work. Like he was go walk down to where they work. They're coming home right now. They're going to be walking home. Go get the men. So, um, he's walking through this town though. My dad is not from this town, but he's eight, but he's a little black boy and he's walking through the streets to go to this place where the men are getting off of work and he was just going to go meet up with them, right? He was going to be safe. Like the back in those days, your kids were supposed to be out of the house, right? Like kids weren't really supposed to be in your house. They were supposed to be out playing in the neighborhood and that was safe. So that's why it was like, go little boy, you know, get out of the house and just go down and go walk up to the adult men that are coming home and then you'll walk home with them. Like that wasn't supposed to be an unsafe thing that they were sending my dad out to do. And he's on his way walking to go do that. And on the way though, there's a group of, and they were more teenagers aged white boys group of them though. And they saw my dad by himself like that. And you know what? It's like, was my dad about to get lynched? That was the threat that they were posing to him. I take that personally. Okay. That's my father. And that could have happened had they chosen to. Right. This is what the remnants are in this country still. You know what I'm saying? Like I take that personally. That's my father. So, you know, it's not like ancient. The shit is not ancient. The shit is not ancient, dude. And that's just like in a very extreme example. That's not to say hateful looks, just hateful, blatant, ugly treatment that throughout my life is more common for me to receive than not when I just am stepping into a situation. Just hateful, ugly treatment that is being dished to me from this perfect stranger. Why is that? I wonder, you know, don't try and make me lie to you that I don't have very firsthand experiences with what the fuck has me quite fired up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, it's legit people. It's not like an, Oh, I don't know what, Cruz was, you know, he's so canceled and I guess he just keeps getting, maintaining his cancelization. Um, but it is, it's like certain things that you just have to take a second to think about. He's saying what, like a, a black supremacy thing. And it's just like, um, here's where I'm just going to like, again, no offense, but it's like white people. You gotta just really sometimes, um, allow some empathy to be a part of the fiber of your being and allow that to translate to some understanding of how 
like right now, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't need to be really like worrying about you first. Everything is not about you, white people. It really is just not. Dan Rather, who the fuck do you think you are? Can we have some sympathy for you right in the middle and the height of the rawness of no, actually the answer? No. Okay. I don't need, it's not all about you. Okay. And it's not all about your inability to understand shit because I really don't have time, especially by this far into the existence of this planet for people that I'm going to throw them out here right now. I heard that little Justin Bieber was on something, you know, and he's trying and he was just like, but I don't understand like why it takes something extreme as this for me to understand that I have white privilege. You know, I don't have time in 2020 for people to just now be understanding that. You know, um, if you are, and you truly and legitimately are, well, God bless you. You know what I'm saying? And about fucking time is really about all that I have to say in regard to that, as far as like patting you on your head and shit. But uh, if you're not at least there, I am hands washed, done. So back to my conversation with my teacher that day. You know, I didn't divulge this life history to him. I didn't go all the way there with him. We just left it at that. That, yeah, I can probably relate to what you just said, your comment about the South, because I'm black and, and nothing more really needs to be explained. So we just left it at that. But this is what I'm saying. Like, this dude was cool. And so when I just could not abide that we were going to get that one little really fucked up, fucked up for a fucked up reason, fucked up to be vague on purpose statistic about, oh, you know, while slavery did exist in this country, when you really look at the total population of the people, there was such a small fraction of people that were actually slave owners. So, you know, excuse the fuck out of yourself for trying to paint that topic with that brush stroke um would it be okay if i presented some information just generally speaking on like the black experience in this country to the class one time and he's he said yes he gave me a class. He gave me one of our upcoming days in the class. We went to this class every day. I feel like, I don't think like, yeah, college is where you have classes like certain days of the week. This class we had every day. And so I've told you guys about my aunt, who is a doctor who went to Princeton full ride academic scholarship. Um, another way that I want to just point out that I know that the history of my black people on this planet has not equated to the history of black people in this country. My aunt had an African ceremony wedding. Her children have African prince names. So you know what I'm saying? Like I know better than that comment that I made. I was very in the moment and I just used the planet terminology too often. So I knew I could talk to my aunt and have her help me. And I knew that my aunt was going to have some documentation that would be covering 
the same topic in a more accurate light. And so I got connected with my aunt and I told her that I had been given permission to take the class one day and just really present some thorough information to my peers. And she had this one particular, she had a lot of information, but she had this one particular book and I was flipping through it. And this was the image. This was what I taught those people if I didn't teach them anything else, because I probably did not teach them anything else. These kids did not give a fuck that my aunt came into the class this day, that we had been given the permission that, you know, I could have the class. And what I definitely wanted to make sure is that I had an expert in there. So I brought my doctor aunt in to speak to these children. And she had a lot of information to share with them, right? And so she came in and she sat in the front of the class and she just spoke to the class for the day. And they didn't really jive with her. They didn't really. The only thing I remember is some of them started talking shit to my teacher, pointing out that I think he had his master's degree. And they were like, oh, and they called him by his last name. And they were like, she's this lady's got her doctorate. She's like way smarter than you. And so that was like the only thing that they fucking paid attention to. They weren't giving a fuck about any of the information that my aunt was sharing to them. I could tell. I could tell by the glazed look on their faces. They did not give a fuck about this information that was being presented. Um, But what got to happen is she was talking about just everything right and in this particular book that she had there was the image the most that sums it all up paints the picture and speaks for itself picture is worth a thousand words and i did not have the desire to really do anything more than show these little motherfuckers this picture and so we, you know, it's, it's, yeah, slavery happened in this country. And maybe that number was correct about out of the total population of people in this country, only this number of people were actually slave owners. That is an inaccurate or incomplete caption on how impactful the experience was to people that were subjected to it. Um, and how wide ranging and wide reaching it was anyway, if the top number really was only, only, right? Um, this still happened. This was still really real. There was a lot of fucked up shit that went along with it. There's a lot of fucked up shit that was allowed to be along with it. Um, lynchings happen. People would actually, and this is what I'm saying, like, part of y'all's little motherfuckers culture you know picnic baskets get packed up and let's just have the lynching today and so everybody gathers in the square and let's just mothers and children and the whole fucking family the little picnic basket lunch to go watch a lynching happen and there was this picture in this book of my aunts that showed the remains of a black man after he had been lynched and the white people that were posing around it, taking a fucking Polaroid picture. And let me be clear. This was not a picture of a man that was left hanging from a tree. No, 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 no. They had burned this man. And so what 
the picture captured was his remnants from having been burned alive. And it seemed like he had been chopped up even after that. And so white people, families, were posed in front of that, smiling for the camera. And that is why, as my aunt was sitting up there talking to these kids that still weren't given a fuck, I went through and person by person put that picture in each one of their little fucking faces. And they got the fucking picture. They got the memo. They got the picture. That is seared into the mind. One thing that the attorney for the family pointed out at the funeral is that when you do see something like that, it's traumatic and it's going to form some scar tissue. Okay. I gave those little motherfuckers some scar tissue on this topic. Not because I hate them, but because you're going to see one time. You're going to see one time. It's probably going to be the only time that you'll see. You weren't expecting. You didn't know what this little picture that I'm just walking by showing everybody is about, you know, but you're going to fucking see it one time. And I can guarantee you that's seared in your mind. You still probably don't give a fuck, but you saw it. It's not something that you are not going to have had to see with your own two eyes one time. You're going to see what the fuck people are talking about one time. And so, yes, I did that. That is the effort that I put forth one time. Was it in love? Probably not really. No, probably not. But you know what? It was in education. It was in you don't get to not see. Okay. You don't get to not see because you don't want to. Why the fuck do you want to? You don't want to. Uh, in that exact same class, I think probably prior to this class, you know what, you know what, why am I saying probably prior? You know what, it was probably after that experience. For some reason, we were having these little round table debates. So he made us all like group off into like little three person, like we all had to pull our, I remember the desks were all configured, you know, in these little circles and little three-person groups and we had to have these little debates and so we were talking about the topic of slavery i feel like we must have covered this for a little bit right like maybe about a month i feel like we really did cover this just you know like race relations in the united states um and so we were sitting there and this dude and i'm just gonna throw it out too and I'm, you know what is what do you know he was a mormon but like he was just repping for Mormon, right? And so everybody knew he was a Mormon, this little kid that was in my little group. And he just, he did not want to hear about it. He didn't care. He didn't give a fuck. It's not his fault, you know? And that, like, isn't that what most people nowadays always, it's not their fault and they're not that, but it wasn't his fault that this group of people, black people allowed themselves to be slaves. You know, his people wouldn't allow themselves to be slaved up like that, enslaved. So it's not his fault if these black people were able to be made slaves. That's on them, you know? So people, when I am hands washed and I've done what I needed to do, there's, you know, there are, and I can guarantee you to this day, there is that classroom full of people, including that little motherfucker that said that. You know, and he probably said that after he saw this picture, but 
he has also seen the picture. Okay. Um, I'm done. I really am. I really do stick by what I said in that um, I cannot allow all of what is real and what has been the context of the relations with groups. Now, of course, there's not every single person that's in a group just because of a color, the amount of melanin that's in skin tone. That means you have to, you know, carry yourself with negative characteristics associated with that group, of course, right? Of course. And I, you know, just on my own, when I, the very, like, right after I recorded the episode, the last episode, guys, is when I feel like where I stay is when I probably, I think that night, or maybe it had been, you know what, I think it had been like about one o'clock the night before, you know what I'm saying? So like that same day, like, but one o'clock in that day is when I'd become aware of the protesting that was starting to go on around this topic. And so like, I, the protesting hadn't been going on for very long. Like, I think it was the first night of it happening where I stayed. And then I saw the video and then I recorded my episode. Um, but once I could see what was going on, and I don't know where do you stay, um, in the very first nights of the protesting that was going on here where I stay, the police were shooting tear gas and rubber bullets at everybody that was doing that. Um, the way, and you know what? The way that I first became that the protesting was even going on is that I had seen a video on YouTube of these white people that had just been set free from having been um, handcuffed right after they had also just been tear gassed. So they were tear gassed and then they were handcuffed. And then the news was out talking to him. And this little white girl, she was like, I just was coming down here to give water and, you know, bring some supplies to our fellow, you know, our friends that were out here protesting all night. Like we were just coming to give them some supplies. And that's what we were doing. Like they hadn't even been out there the whole time protesting, but it was at a certain point in the night where the police had decided that they were starting to shoot tear gas and rubber bullets at people. And so because they were in the area, they got tear gassed and then they got handcuffed. And I guess when they were able to speak their little, that's what they were doing. They were turned free. So that's how I became aware that protesting was going on in the streets. And I knew that at a certain point it would probably turn to looting and probably, you know what I will say, maybe not so much where I stay, but I knew in other parts of the country because I could, I was like, oh, this is starting to happen around the country. I was like, some looting is going to start to happen. And you know what? I know that people are going to try. So I, I had this, this is my own thought process on it before, um, you know, starting to hear some general consensus being thrown out about it, but it's like this. And I, it's not, when we were in math, right, when I was starting to learn geometry, one of the ways that my math teacher would try and break it down is she would use like apples and oranges. So it needs to be apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Okay. It can't be an apple. An apple doesn't equal an orange. It has to be apples to apples, oranges to oranges. She's always saying what you do on one side of the equal sign, you have to do something similar to the other side of the equal sign. Apples to apples, oranges to oranges, not an apple to an orange. And 
yes okay so protesting happens and this is what i did mean when i said you don't want to just find yourself in response to something doing the wrong thing yourself and you know you're in the wrong if you go in and you start stealing shit okay that's wrong because that's wrong 365 days of, of the year okay so that's wrong but mm, stealing some shit and burning some shit down is not apples to apples of people getting murdered okay things are not life it's not apples to apples people and this is what i just noticed that i've never ever heard as a part of the stories and this is the thing too like i don't want people to just try and say oh my gosh i i saw somebody's we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime and it's like had did you ever go to school you certainly too have seen shit like this that happened in your lifetime it didn't happen in your lifetime but in your lifetime you were taught about shit like this that has happened in this country in the past don't try and get like y'all are doing something brand new right now okay this is not nothing brand new and probably if you were alive you saw it happen during the rodney king times so don't try and get started like this is some brand new shit okay this shit has happened before but things pop off people feel the need to start looting and rioting and shit um what you do not hear and i've never heard is that a whole bunch of black people go and track down where these motherfuckers stay and they go ahead and they just handle it that is not the way these situate i have never heard of that being the story of what the result of some shit going down was i've never ever heard that story what you hear is that some property gets destroyed and you know what oh fucking well and so yeah it's like the old heads and the, once again it was gail king and she was saying like i've interviewed a young lady recently who said that you know peaceful protesting and um we shall overcome is what you old heads are all about she was like nowadays we have to get people's attention and this is the way that we can do it. And Gail King is like, and I just don't agree with that. I just don't agree with that. And it's like, that's fine. Don't agree with it. And again, like I said, I am not sitting here trying to say, like, I wouldn't feel right to do that. If I was in a situation where all of a sudden I'm protesting, right? I'm protesting. And all of a sudden the shit pops off and like right around me where I'm protesting, a mob wants to start tearing shit up and busting into businesses and shit and, and taking things that don't belong to them. That doesn't feel right in my character. That doesn't feel like how I was raised. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't resonate. That's wrong. I'm not going to do that. But at the end of the day, it's all replaceable. It's property. It's not somebody's life. It's not apples to apples. And I am not going to absorb that. Oh, you know, now the message is being lost, damn it. You know, well, then, and this is, once again, I'm just going to shout out Ava Duvernay. <laughs> this is my own personal take. Just, okay, so I, what I'm saying does not represent what Ava Duvernay is about. And I, when I threw that she had said something to Gail King in the previous episode. The way that I further went on and explained that, that was all Jessica. That was not Ava DuVernay, okay? 
So I'm not trying to like put words in her mouth, but just the other day I saw Ava DuVernay was getting interviewed now by Oprah and she was explaining this exact same thing. It's like, if you are trying to say, oh, you know what? Gosh, guys, I would have gave a fuck about Black Lives Matter. You know, I might have been able to start sitting here and absorbing that, but until you started taking things out of the target, now I can't even pay attention to it anymore. The message is lost. And she was like, well, then that just goes to show like how much you didn't really give a fuck about the message in the fucking first place. If property and things is what is more important to you. Now, when I was just saying this about Ava DuVernay, like this is just my take on her. For some reason, sometime this year, months, 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 months back, I was watching PBS, right? Because I have rotted ears. So PBS is something that comes up. And there's this guy, what is his name? Gates. I forget what his first name is. But he's an histor historian, a black historian. And he does this show with just all kinds of people, not only black people, but like all kinds of people where he'll like show them who their ancestors are and shit. And so Ava DuVernay was on there and she wanted to know her history. And as they started doing her history, big part of her history was white people and she didn't know that. And she, you could tell she felt such a way about that. <laughs> she was, you could tell like that just, she was really, she was, you should see it. You should find that episode and you would see what I'm talking about. But yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, the thing, one thing that, um, can be done. And if, and I'm breaking it down. If I can do it, it can be done. It was the first year that Obama was candidate for president. I have never given a fuck about my right to vote. I had not ever partaken of my right. And it was my Mexican mother that educated me on how easy it is to partake of my right. Um, she is the one that told me that I have the right to ask for a uh, mail-in ballot and so that I can still vote, but I can do it from home. And they will mail me a ballot and I can toss my vote on this ballot and then I just go drop the ballot off. And so me, with my kind of not giving a fuck about the world, okay, I say it. I rep for it. That's who I am. I'm not really the person that's wanting to have these in-depth, really long, drawn-out conversations about change. I just, I'm the person that is more pragmatically thinking that I'll probably pass out of this world and it's going to be the same world that has remnants of this shit. Um, but even I did what it took to just find out how to register myself to vote and request my mail-in ballot and got my mail-in ballot. The only vote that I cast it on that ballot was for one position, mailed it in. And I did my part. I voted. If I, trust me, if I, if my black ass can do it and I don't give a fuck, you can vote. 
<laughs> you can really vote. There is a way to vote. And I have, I have never used the machine. I've never gone and stood in line. My dad, my black dad has, he is a voter. He goes and he stands on the line. He knows how to use the machines. He educates himself on all of the issues that are on his ballot and he votes on everything. Um, I don't give a fuck, but I have understood that my vote at least needed to be counted several times. So, and I would just, the only reason that I'm saying that right now too, is I would just advise, and I did this just yesterday, I Googled, am I registered to vote? And then when I did that, it auto-populated, it finished it, and it put in my state. And so I was like, okay, that's my state. Click. Took me right to my state's website that has those archives and do this people check your status when i went ahead and and looked myself up because i was asking my dad i was like you know if you're registered to vote one time do you ever need to worry about it do do you ever like not be still good and registered to vote and he was like oh yeah you probably you should have gotten your ballot in the mail by now on something for whatever you know and i was like oh well i haven't so i went and i googled that and they have all of my information even have my current correct address but they have me listed as an inactive voter so i was like oh my that a bitch i the last time i voted was in the last presidential election i don't give a fuck about any of those you know that you know i'm not trying to get you to give a fuck that i don't give a fuck people (laughs) really like that's the thing i don't give a fuck if you don't give a fuck that i don't give a fuck break it down like that right i am who i am i'm just sharing that with you i ain't trying to put that on you if you need to be out here protesting in the streets power to you and i believe in that that's right too you know what i'm saying i get that that is motivation and that is doing something about it you know what i'm saying and god bless you um but the last thing that I voted in was the last presidential election, but I guess that's so far back that they see that I haven't voted on anything since then and they consider me an inactive voter. So I went ahead and just like re-put in all of my information again and they're like, oh, thank you. We'll go ahead and process your application. Like it's a fucking applicant. Like I got to fucking apply to be able to vote in this motherfucker. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, if I have to fill out a fucking application in order to be able to vote, I guess I should probably be trying to do that in fucking June. So that as long as it's going to take you to try and disenfranchise me, I can be aware and keep up on what I need to do to make sure that you're not able to just so easily do that. So, oh, my goodness, people. (laughs) If in this, what I said was going to be a short episode that hasn't actually really turned out to be a short episode. I'm going to try and tie some Marvin Gaye into it. I'm going to do it right now. And it's to let you know that on the YouTube channel, I do believe it was last week. I went ahead and made for the song of the day, um, Marvin's you're the man. Let me see here. It will tell you, tell me how many days ago I did it or it says a week ago. Please listen to that song. It is called You're the Man, but it is the... And Marvin recorded multiple versions of that song. Um, You're the Man, it's alternate version two. And so let's just get a little Marvin Gaye history into this too. Marvin has what's going on. It comes out, it's the worldwide world changer that it is. And But he's at Motown, right? Pump, 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 pump. Marvin doesn't get to take three years 
reprieve, rest after that. He doesn't get, there's no laurels for him to be able to rest on. He can't rest on laurels. He can't rest on that. So he's got to be making another project immediately, right? And so in 1972, he's doing that. He's making an album. And he writes songs, he records them. And he's just, he's not satisfied with the whole thing, so he doesn't release it. What we do get from Marvin Gaye in 1972 is Trouble Man. And I'm going to just let you know right now, the wrap-up of my series of this podcast will be covering Trouble Man. Um, but what he's working on in 72, in addition to Trouble Man, you know, that he doesn't release is a project that we did receive completely packaged in 2019. Was it 2020? It was 2019. I believe it was like March of 2019. I was watching some little, it was called the trailer for it. Um, it was a video on YouTube. Somebody made a video, like the record company made a video, um, you know, just giving a trailer highlighting that this whole entire project was getting ready to be released that Marvin had been working on following what's going on. Um, and it was all songs that were speaking to the times. And that is very much the truth. And so in 1972 in the United States was a presidential election year. So that is the context around the song, You're the Man, because I got to vote for you. You're the man, right? He's talking about a presidential election that's coming up that year. He's writing a song about that. And just for in the year 2020, that song occurred to me in a dream. I was like, what's the next song that I can put up? Marvin Gaye's song of the day. Gotta be relevant. Gotta be relevant to right now. And then all it was You're the Man. And I knew that there are many versions of that song that I have. And so I listened to all of them. But it is specifically the one that I gave you, You're the Man alternate version 2. That is uh, guidance for the presidential election that is happening in November of 2020. Marvin Gaye sings a line in this song. Watch my video on Marvin Gaye Music and Podcast on the YouTube platform. Demagogues and admitted minority haters should never be president. Please vote in the November 2020 election. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to try and be able to do mine via the paper ballot, but I don't know. Does that not allow Russia to fuck it then? I don't know. So <laughs> might not be able to do that. I might, if I'm going to take advantage of the right that my ancestors fought very hard to be able to have, then I will probably have to get my black ass out in a line. My sister, that same year, that first year that my mom explained that I could just get my mail-in ballot, my sister also voted that year and she got her ass out into a line and she went and used the machine and did all of that shit. So she's actually really voted. My other little sister, she votes on every fucking thing. I emailed her. I was like, sis, just a random thing that I came across today, you know, that I had to like reapply for getting my voter registration and shit. And I was like, but that probably won't be what applies to you. I know you vote all the time. And she, her and her husband, they are very serious about their voting. I do believe that they do their little mail-in ballots most of the time too. But she was like, yeah, no. And we just sat here 
we read through the whole thing, you know, and we talked about it and, you know, they don't have to vote together, right? You don't have to vote the same, but they are educated and they vote on everything that's on that fucking ballot. I've, every time that I voted, I've put in one vote. Okay. You can do that. I don't have to give a fuck about everything, people. <laughs> but if they always throw this out and this is, this is true, you know, this is a shut the fuck up little statement that people can throw out there and then you're just because if you hear it and you're not in the right on this you got to shut the fuck up you cannot just be really bitching and complaining if you're not going to at least fucking vote and it is weird because you think like well it's what difference does it make anyway and you know what people and here is honestly and legitimately my view on it too i really think that russia is going to decide our 2020 presidential election so I really don't think that my vote does matter any fucking way. <laughs> but I, God darn it, they're going to have to discredit my vote. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to, if they're going to fuck people's votes, they're going to have to fuck my vote. Okay? So, good gosh. But, yeah, trust me. I said it. I'm, I'm repping for it. Dude. This is This is me. This is what I'm about. Um, the next project of Marvin Gaye that I want to cover is going to be worlds away from this type of energy. It's going back in time. We, the, I'm just going to tell you so you can get thinking on it. And I think I'm going to need to give it some time before I'm ready to talk about it. Because it's like I said, it's not in this energy. It's going to be the album When I'm Alone I Cry because I want to really break down and dissect the magicalness of that project and that genre in Marvin's catalog. Um, and you might not really give a fuck about hearing about that right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, we gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta be able to be something that can be, uh, you know, just lighter. And it definitely would just, if you haven't heard that, if you haven't been exposed to that, it would be some education. It's just going to be some, you need to not sleep on this. And here's why sharing of information. Um, but the, it, there's gotta be a right time for it. So, uh, I think it is going to be a little while, but yeah. Um, okay. Let's just hang in people. And you know what I'm saying? So what I'm going to just do what you got to do. I'm letting you know what I'm doing. I'm letting you know how I'm where I've, I wanted to let you know that I don't not, I don't not give a fuck and have never given a fuck. Okay. Like I said, I couldn't abide that these children that were my peers that had been for all of these years, I was in the same school district for ed elementary, junior high, high school. Um, some of these had been there the whole ride with me. Um, I wasn't able to abide that they got to skip off through the rest of life, having been misinformed on something. And one time, if only they were going to, with their own two eyes, see something that's seared into that. It's scar tissue that they have. 
And like I said, I don't know if that's necessarily with love. They weren't my friends. I was there N-I-G-G-E-R. You know, the little ornamental. And um, never accepted, never respected. They were disrespecting my aunt as she was sitting up there. So <laughs> it's like, I did what I could. That was the reach out that I could. And when I was talking to my dad, here the other day I was just explaining how like I don't have any resources available in this day and age this is what I just can't abide this is what I can't abide and it's the reason why I can't exert my energy um with human decency just human decency if people give more of a fuck about graffiti on a wall than videos that they can see um uh, uh, here's what I'm going to end it on. So specifically what went down in Minnesota. And it's just like, I have to shout to say, I didn't know y'all were getting down like that in Minnesota. That was really the thing about it for me. That was just like, fuck, I didn't even understand that it was going down like that in Minnesota. Um, childhood, we ventured off into Minnesota. I've, you guys have heard my episodes, small town in North Dakota. Well, some of that family was also had ventured out from that little small town in North Dakota to the very neighboring state of Minnesota and they would live in Minnesota. So two times in my childhood growing up and it was a bigger deal. It was way the fuck more like, Ooh, wow. Let's go to a town. Let's go to a city, you know, like, wow, let's just really be able to do something more fun this summer on vacation. Um, we went over to Minnesota, rolled over to Minnesota. They were staying right there in Minneapolis. I have chilled, kicked it in Minnesota, Minneapolis full. I didn't know they were getting down like that over there. Um, went to the little theme park that they had there, uh, ate some good food in some type of a little culture restaurant. I don't know. I think it was maybe a German, but like authentic, just European cuisine. But that's like what they were doing. Like they were serving. They had some kind of a special little kind of a pancakey type of thing. And it was from the country that they were serving up from. So like I've kicked it in Minneapolis. Well, I did not know that it was going down like that there. Um, but. And so here's yes, this is what I'm going to end it on. Now everybody's lawyered up, right? And so I'm here on YouTube, the thumbnail. Attorney for one of the cops gives a fiery statement. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I wonder what that is. Honestly, like I'm human fucking decency people. I'm wondering what it is because it's like I'm just in this time of what the fuck is going on right now. Like, how is it possible that you don't have a humanistic, human decency statement to make? So let me see what it could be because I'm not expecting that I'm about to get fucking pissed off right now I wouldn't even think that you have the nerve so I click on it and this attorney for his client one of the four um what was my client supposed to do beat up the other two officers as they were killing this man absolutely yes and you always need to live your life being the only one in the room doing the right thing if that's what the fuck it boils down to doing sometimes and who the fuck are you less than a man, woman, human fucking being, if you can't do that much? And if the, that's the fucking question that you have to ask, and you got a fucking, and you got a fucking attitude when you're asking the question? 
that's just why people, for me, I'm done. Um, and so I, there, that's what I was explaining to my dad. There's certain conversations and I probably stopped being able to have the conversations, uh, that history class when my man was just not giving a fuck about why black people could have ever allowed themselves to become slaves and he don't give a fuck. You know, I don't, I can't, I'm not, there's all kinds of situations in life, people, that for your well-being, you have every single fucking right to recuse yourself from. And I'm going to break this down, too. This would be one last thing that I say. I've pointed this out to you in several episodes. It was in the Everybody Needs Love episode where I'm saying Marvin Gaye's got this extreme. He's talking about extremity of love. Every fucking thing on this planet needs love. A little tiny snail needs love. The folks in jail need love. His dad needs love. I said, I don't, I ain't going along with all of that. You got to have boundaries and you got to have self-care. And when you are expending all of that love into a thing, are you getting anything in return that's taken care of in return? You got to gauge your well-being in life, people. That's where I'm coming from. And yeah, I, I will say it again. I don't have kids. So once I'm out of here, I'm not having to be devastated and unable to go because of that. My stepmom, when she passed away from her cancer, she was in hospice for almost three weeks. You're usually in hospice for a couple of days. That's it's usually the way the hospice thing goes down. You're at the end and they're just trying to keep you comfortable. She couldn't go. She was so worried about my sister. I had to tell her, it's okay. You can go. We're going to take care of her. I get it. I get feeling you wouldn't even want to be able to go. Um, the reason why I can talk to you the way that I do, I'm not in that position. And that's it. That's it. I also, when I was telling my sister about living in my car coming up, right? <laughs> that I understand like my ability to do that and and be ready for it is because I don't have a family of five that I'm needing to take from some type of sticks and bricks into a car. I get that. You see what I'm saying? Like, I know that like my situation is very specifically my situation doesn't translate. It's not translatable across the board. And I get that. That's the reason why though, like what I speak of is where I'm coming from and I rep for it. Um, so I'm, I'm done and I'm convicted of why I've done what I could. I have tried what I can, but I refuse to allow engaging with basically like demons, dude, you know, like demonic forces and shit. I'm not engaging in that. Okay. And things are not going to just be depleting me and tearing me down and disrespecting me and not showing me love and be priority in my life. I, that's, there's no exemption to that. There's no relationship that is an exemption to that. There's no topic that is an exemption to that. So, um, that's what I'm doing. You do what you have to do. You have to do with what resonates, what you can abide, what can just sit in your gut and let you sleep at night. So, all right. Um, like I said, the next Marvin Gaye material that I want to cover is some much lighter, 
way far back in the catalog material and we probably need some time to be able to get there. Talk to you. I don't know that it will be soon, but I, I'll talk to you the next time that I do. It'll be about that. Bye-bye.